0: You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, Sam and Steve are here to talk about the baseball team with the number one record right now, 79-41, and the New York Yankees. Sam, how you doing, man?
1: Steve, I am doing great, especially when you say a record like that. The Yankees are beating up on bad teams at a consistent basis this season, something that they were not able to do last year. 14 straight wins against the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, when you look at that in baseball, I know the Orioles are really, really bad. They lost their 80th game of the season tonight in the nightcap the the doubleheader. But that is so, so hard to do in baseball. You look at other sports, football, when the quarterbacks are healthy, you have like the Patriots over the Bills. Sorry to our friend Woads there for using that (laughs) example. You have in basketball, the Spurs owning the Kings and the Duncan and Robinson, Ginobili and Parker for all those years. And in hockey, like baseball, that's also a very, very tough feat to do, but Seriously, 14 games in a row against the Orioles. You know, the Yankees have won their last three games dating back to Sunday. They swept their doubleheader today. And, Steve, it's a new guy every single night. And we're going to be getting into a lot of those new guys on this show tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, And since the uh, kind of semi-scare of the don't let the Red Sox get hot, you know, type thing, the Yankees are 12-3. and uh, the, over their last 15, including sweeps of the Red Sox, the Orioles. Uh, they split the four-game series with the Blue Jays, and then already Monday night taking two in the doubleheader here. And uh, as you mentioned, 14 versus the Orioles here. It, it's really not fair. I, I don't know what to do. I, you give the Orioles credit. Now, they pulled off one of the biggest uh, gambling upsets uh, of all time in baseball uh, on Sunday with a walk-off. But having to see the Yankees on their schedule has got to be – I don't even know how you do it. I mean, they got you know Chris Davis got into an argument with his, his manager last series versus the Yankees here. And the Yankees are just putting a pounding on it. Um, and as you said, it's, it's a lot of different guys. I don't think I could name three of the pitchers that went in this doubleheader for the Yankees uh, this, this, this round here. So it's just, it's just too easy versus the Orioles. Uh, poor, poor Gary Thorne. Uh, but before we get into it, Sam, before the doubleheader, it was already a good day for the Yankees. Lots of good news all around from an injury standpoint. Uh, Luke Voigt says he feels great and likely not going to need surgery for his hernia and should be back soon. Aaron Hicks says his pain in his elbow is gone Um, and hoping to be throwing uh, by Tuesday or Wednesday. Luis Severino throwing better than expected. Had a nice on-the-mound bullpen session. He's going to have another one on Thursday. Dylan Batanzas said he didn't expect to be this ready to go after such a long layoff. Uh, CC Sabathia should be back this weekend. Five key guys for the Yankees, all looking like it's good. Strong updates, and uh, and that's pretty rare, especially for, for when. By the time we record, we start. You know, how many times this year have we started a podcast off with the bad news about injuries? To get this update on a Monday uh, is, is a big sigh of relief for a team that is, that's crushing it without these guys. Anyway,
1: Steve, it seemed like from April through May. I mean. 20 to 25 minutes of the episode was just talking about injuries. It was unbelievable. Uh,
0: I have 27 guys on the IL so far this year. It's bananas. Good
1: news on a lot of players today from the Yankee standpoint, but some news just came out about Aaron Hicks after the game. He is not going to throw now for another two weeks.
0: Oh, I did not see that one. Okay, damn it, Aaron Hicks. You ruined my update. It was supposed to be five good updates. (laughs) Well... Four or five, and Steve, I'll, I'll get into the
1: Aaron Hicks one right now just yeah. because I mentioned it. This is really, really scaring me. They, they say where it's hurting in the elbow is near the UCL, and a torn UCL automatically means Tommy John surgery. You see, I mean, Tanaka for the last like three years, it seems like, has been pitching with a UCL hanging on by a string. So they're going to be really, really cautious with Hicks. And again, he's not throwing for another two weeks right now. But great updates all around. Luis Severino and Dylan Batantis are two people or two players who I'm really interested to see if they can come back and perform at a high level. I mean, we're talking about for both of them not appearing in a baseball game in 10 months. Almost a calendar year, they have yeah, not. It's appeared. getting close. Yeah, almost a calendar year, they have not appeared in a baseball game. So, other rehab plays out if they come back. Um, Severino, his next step is going to be facing hitters. I'd say right now, maybe spitballing September 20th or something for him. Batantis has not been thrown off a mound, I believe. Um, Maybe he's the last weekend of the season for a cameo, but I'm really interested to see how these two come back. Just because, like I said, they have not played baseball in a baseball game Excuse me, in almost a calendar year, 10 months. And the other guys, Voight, good news on him, looking like he won't need surgery. I saw him working out in a video out in right field today. And CeCe Sabathia, we had a bit of a scare thinking that this – the issue would be a little bit more serious than the regular cleanups that he gets but despite him saying that, that it's been bothering him all season and years back, looking like we're going to get CC back soon and to go back on a tweet of yours a couple of weeks ago, Steve, you said you could still see CC given three key innings in a playoff game oh, and yeah. I am on that I am on that boat right there with you I just wanted to let you know I am <laughs> not writing CC off.
0: No, not at all. The intensity that he'll give um, in, in a playoff game is going to be unmatched. And that, that that veteran um, leadership that he has, it's just going to be kind of doing the opposite of what what hurt them in the past. Whether it was Joe Girardi or Aaron Boone was letting him try and go that extra batter because of the reputation he has as CC Sabathia. If the Yankees are smart and kind of just use him for that two three innings max, um, and then get him out, you know, even one maybe two times through the through the lineup then the Yankees should be fine, especially if you're going to talking about a guy like Severino, possibly the one coming in to replace him in the bullpen. Uh, Severino still is, is very confident that he's going to work up that arm strength and uh, hopefully be on his way to being a help in the rotation, which would be huge for the Yankees. But right now I'm still kind of saying I'm, I'm fine with Severino coming back in a in a bullpen-type role. Um, and I don't know if you remember, in 2016, he kind of did come back in the bullpen. He had a, well, he started like three and eight with like a seven ERA um, after his rookie year, and he was then put on the disabled list for a long time and came back in September of 2016 and threw 23 innings in relief um, and, and was pretty good. So I think Severino just overall is the key guy here. But but as you said, it's CC playoff time. I'm not worried about him the rest of the, the next month here. Let him come back get into CC game shape, whatever that might be. Um, And I still think he'll have himself uh, an impact in the playoffs, hopefully. And then if you add in Dylan Patanzas, people, this got a four-time All-Star. This is the first year in his career he hasn't made the All-Star game. Uh, He's one of the most elite relievers, uh, you know, this side of the decade. Uh, And it kind of gone, he kind of gotten forgot about. I think a lot for me with Dylan Patanzas is, you know, when you sign the big names of Adovino and and Britain, and you still got Chappie out there, um, Batangas kind of feels like forgotten this year, and even when we're talking about players coming back, he still seems like someone that's uh, lower on the list compared to a Severino, and now we're talking about uh, Aaron Hicks and all the other injuries that the Yankees have, Edwin Encarnacion, he could add to that list here. But uh, a healthy Dylan Batangas is going to be lethal because now you're pushing everybody up, and he can come in the fifth inning. So you got CeCe go three, um, Severino go two, and then Dylan go one, and you still have your full bullpen that we've had all year, And, and that's a starter right there.
1: It absolutely is, and I was thinking earlier this week, and I mentioned it on previous episodes, or or last week I mentioned it, about a severino Herman for a couple innings each in a playoff game, but I not only think we could see an opener in one game out of a series, I think we could see an opener-slash-bullpen game in two games. I mean, the Yankees are that depleted in the starting pitching department. We're going to get into them later, but Jay Happ, I mean, I, I don't really want him anywhere near the roster in the playoffs right now, if we're being honest. Paxton's um, oh, had no way. three good starts uh, his last three times out. Tanaka looked amazing yesterday. We're going to get into him. But the starting rotation for the Yankees is still a point of concern, and I could see them two times out of a playoff series going with a bullpen game with both times – Sabathia or Herman or, or Severino eating multiple innings in the middle portion of that game to get out and help turn the other team's lineup around. So the Yankees are going to need all the pitching they can get. Right now, I think CC Sabathia is a much better option than Jay Happ. I think Luis Severino, obviously, would maybe be the best pitcher if he returned on the Yankees. Um and of course, Donald DeTata's returning would be very, very key because you you need all the arms you can get, especially with a rotation that lacks. Um, I don't want to say the talent that the Yankees do, but how up and down guys like yeah, Tanaka's and Yeah, the inconsistency that has played the Yankees' rotation this year, as well as uh, Jay Happ being totally useless. But let let's see <laughs> these guys progress from guys who have missed the entire season, like Severino and Batantis, all the way down to Boyd, CeCe, and Hicks. Um, I want to see these guys in playing baseball very soon, and I'll believe it when I see it that they're healthy because we know the Yankees medical staff, and I don't know who it is. I mean, you go back to last weekend when Encarnacion got drilled on the wrist and the x-rays came back negative. They said, oh, it was a scare, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be fine. And then, oh, hairline fracture on the wrist. So the Yankees are not transparent with injuries. I feel like that's something that has been pretty new in the last couple of years. So I'll believe it when I see it, when I see the injured guys back on the field.
0: Yeah, like I like Luke Voigt's definitely going to need hernia surgery after the season so who knows what that could be for the rest of this season and now this aaron hicks injury is scary um well, I, I was just reading up on the, that two week throwing uh tweets that you mentioned it, it seemed okay that it wasn't a setback it didn't seem like there's any setback to this it was just like hey he's still two weeks away kind of like oh maybe we were a little too excited with the the early monday report but let's keep it keep it patient here so you know we're looking at uh, at September uh, now for Aaron Hicks too, so we'll we'll see there. But the Yankees haven't been missing guys like this, uh, especially in the outfield, because uh, Mike Talkman is doing everything. Uh, last week he hit bomb after bomb in in Baltimore, and then Sam it, one of the catches of the year with that robbing of a home run, and just absolutely pumped when he came that back. Uh, Aaron Hicks still with the number one catch in Minnesota. But that, that robbery um, of the home run really shows the, the value that Mike Talkman has had to this team here. Um, he's got 11 home runs on the year. He's got that good, good swing. He's going the other way a lot on a couple other hits this week. Um, what hasn't this guy done since coming back up uh, in early June?
1: It's just such a fascinating story. Brian Cashman traded a minor league reliever for a 28-year-old outfielder in the Colorado Rockies system. And here he is having just a performer like an all-star since he came back up on July 4th, hitting over 400 during that time span. And it just goes to the story Talkman or Shala, Maven that these journeymen get to the Yankees and something clicks. The hitting department, Marcus Tames and the analytics they must use to figure out what's wrong with these hitters is just fascinating to me. But back to Talkman, going the other way in Baltimore, and then one of the best catches we've seen of the year, just going back, leaping at the wall, full extension to rob a home run. This guy's an athlete too. I mean, you look at how he's built running out in the field, uh, running the bases. He plays all three positions in the outfield very, very well defensively. That, that's the
0: key. He's not just a body out there. He's, he's, a, he's an asset in all three positions. Oh yeah, I
1: mean he's six foot two. He moves so so well. Uh, can like you said, play all three positions. And I wonder what is his future like with the Yankees organization. Of course, Brett Gardner is a free agent after season's end. Um, if Giancarlo Stanton comes back this season, I'm not really banking on that. But if Stanton comes back, you have. Hicks, assuming he returns, Judge, Gardner, maybe, and that's five outfielders right there on a playoff roster. Would Talkman have a spot? I don't think they'd leave Gardner off the playoff roster, yeah. especially with how credit to Gardner, how he's been hitting an OPS over 800, batting in the 260 range. I don't think they'd leave him off the playoff roster for his play and leadership. So the Yankees are going to have a lot of interesting decisions to make when, when playoff time rolls around, assuming everybody on the roster is healthy. But I am enjoying the sock man to my fullest extent. I have to say a couple of weeks ago in Minnesota, he hit that triple and was round in second base and swan dove yeah. into third base and then just started, started slapping his hands on the ground. Just, he is so, so electric to watch and, Every time Talkman is up at the plate, I am glued to my TV.
0: It's really incredible. He still somehow is batting over 400 since the All Star break. You know, Mike Talkman is batting over 400, and these are this is not the the sample size keeps getting larger and larger. He's got almost 80 at bats now. Um, he's doubled his home runs already. He's got he's got 12 on the year. I, I already cut him short one a couple minutes ago. He's got eight of those have come after the All Star break. This guy's been incredible, and it's going to be crazy to think that. Sadly, he could be the guy left off the roster if come come playoff time. It's going to be a decision between him and Maben, and Maven's got better speed, um, so he might be the better bench option in a playoff game. Uh, but it's going to really come down to who we're facing and who the pitcher's there. You know, being a lefty bat helps him out there. But like you said, Brett Gardner's got that lefty bat playing really well. Um, at, right now, it, you know, it's the. Things always work themselves out, type method, and it's been working for the Yankees. But so they don't want to have to think about that come October. But it's going to be really tough to leave a guy who's got a almost a 500 on base percentage in the past 25 games off a roster. So you may, maybe he cools down, but maybe he doesn't. Um, and his future for the Yankees, it's really tough to think of. Um, he's 28 years old. He's got plenty of options left, so he could still be sent down to the minor leagues next year. So the Yankees don't have to, you know, aren't forced to. To play with kind of this, you know, that there. Cameron Mabin's going to be gone after this year. I can't see him re-signing. Brett Gardner came out a week ago and said he wants to keep playing. He wants to keep playing for the Yankees. Um, it's going to be really interesting there because then is Talkman then your, your fifth outfielder that you have in AAA in case of an injury? or um, you tra- taking five outfielders in 2020? You know, Clint Frazier's still sitting there much younger um, with with more even you know with less service time to his name, so is there is there trade opportunities there too? Obviously, the Yankees would move Clint over Talkman at this point. I would assume, but you have no idea. You know, could the Yankees you know like you said flipped him for uh, a minor league pitcher? Could they then flip Talkman for you know a legit starter and kind of you know make that trade there after one year? I, I, who knows? But the the, the surplus of outfield is going to be interesting to see kind of what they do. Um, given the nature of the next man up in Mike Talkman, and and the guy right behind him the whole time, actually in front of him in the lineup, but the same mentality at Gio Urshela. Uh, Unreal stuff from Gio Urshela. This guy's going to hit 25 home runs this year. There needs to be a serious talk, Sam, about who do we want at third base next year, Gio Urshela or Miguel Andujar, and every day, you know, be it recency bias, the Gio Urshela crowd's getting louder and louder.
1: And I have to say I'm leaning towards Gio or and I and I hate thinking about this with two months left in the season left. I mean, I brought agreed, up, agreed. I I brought up no, no, no. I brought up 2020 just now with the Talkman. Um, but it, it's interesting to think about the, the future. So I have no problem really with talking about going forward. But I, you have to almost, even though there's two months left in this season, you have to. Because, I mean, this guy is tearing the cover off the ball right now. He's hitting over 330. He's got 18 home runs on the season, playing stellar defense at third base. And we all know, no offense to Andujar, but he has the lateral movement of a snail at third base. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mentioned last year, uh, if the Yankees didn't bring back Brett Gardner. um or bring or traded Clint Frazier that I wanted to see Miguel Andujar move to left field, just because I think he'd be a bit of a better fit out there with the reaction time. And he's got a strong arm, uh, which he showcased at third base, but Gio or tearing the cover off the ball. And this power surge that he's on right now, seven home runs in his last seven games. And some of these, are going a far, far away. Four
0: sixty-one this afternoon. That was a blast. Almost the farthest home run hit by a Yankee this year.
1: Yeah, it was like five rows deep into the bleachers in left center field. <laughs>
0: Unre- unreal.
1: So this guy's tearing the cover off the ball. He's playing stellar defense. And right now, if you put me on the spot and said, "Who would you want in 2020 as the Yankees' third baseman?" I'd have to go with Gio Urshela, and this opens up a can of worms about what's the infield gonna look like this year. Because we talk about the log logjam in the outfield. Look at the infield right now. DJ LeMahieu under contract for another year. He's only thirty years old. Glaber Torres, superstar, no, only we'll, twenty-two. We'll get years to superstar Glaber. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you have Urshela right now, and then you have Didi, who's a free agent. And everybody today was making a big deal that he wasn't used in the 2020 schedule graphic on the Yankees' official Twitter. I don't really buy into that stuff. No. But there's a lot of questions going forward with this infield. And the most glaring one after Will Didi Gregorius be back in 2020 is going to be, who's the third baseman, Miguel Andujar or Gio Urshela? Right now, I am on the Urshela bandwagon.
0: I think I have to be there with you too, and and it, it's crazy. But like you said, it's he's he's hitting three thirty. Like it's it's incredible. I mean, yeah, on base percentage isn't what it. I mean, batting average isn't what it used to be, and you know, not the end all be all stats here. But you know, he's still getting on base the same. He's getting on base. Three, uh, his on base percentage is three sixty eight. Miguel and Duhart, One of his other big flaws besides the fielding is he doesn't walk. And his on-base percentage last year, in his or right now in his career, is, is lower than 320. Uh, you know, last year, he got on-base percentage uh, 328. So, you know, Andujar has a couple flaws besides that. Yeah, the guy can rake, absolutely, but he just loves swinging the bat, where Urshela here is, is getting on base at a much higher clip. Um, and he's got he's, he's, that's 100 games. The small sample size is over. This is a legit season. Um, you could say that Urshela is, is older, you know, 27 versus 24, but... Um, service time wise they're right in line with each other both can't be a free agent until 2024 so it's kind of a crazy scenario here where if you know miguel Andor isn't moved um at, during the offseason here we could be looking at an infield in um in triple a or an in infield and an in outfield having legit mlb players on you can have and at at third base you can have um talkman and frazier in the outfield uh uh, Estrada at second base kind of uh, – so that's a triple-A team right there. Those are all options the Yankees have. They don't have to get rid of these players technically. Um, but it would be crazy to think of what it is. But all, all credit goes here to, to G.R. Shell with the stuff he's doing. To thinking that this guy's going to hit 25 home runs it, it is wild. Um, like you said, this power surge is crazy. It back-to-back games with two home runs. Uh, I kept thinking over the weekend, you know, I wasn't watching the games uh, live, but checking in on Twitter, I was like, these got to be the different – these can't be the same different tweets here. It has to be the same Giorgello home runs. And then you go and check and it's like, oh, Giorgello back-to-back home runs. It's a, it was crazy all weekend versus old team too. I mean, it, I, you know, it's easy to make fun of you know, beating up on the Orioles and stuff. And you know, the Blue Jays are, are, are not a great team either. And they, they've kind of gotten rid of any good players uh, the past few weeks and let the kids play. But uh, it's got to feel good for shell to club you know, four home runs in Toronto um, after they gave him up for cash around this time last year.
1: Yeah, they traded him for cash. He didn't do much when he was in Cleveland, uh, obviously struggled to crack the mold in Toronto, but he's with the Yankees right now. And um, The MLB has an award for comeback player of the year, and they need to, uh, I guess with all these late Blue Breakout Bears, player of the year. You're, absolutely. That's many, yeah. There's been a lot of late bloomers in the MLB in the last several years. I mean, just you
0: look have at the JD Yankees Martin. alone.
1: <laughs> just so yeah, just on the Yankees alone. And then you have guys like JD Martinez, mm-hmm. who who started finding it late in their career. So, I think with these late bloomers and maybe with some prospects who didn't pan out early in their careers, I think the MLB should have a breakout player of the year because I mean, when you you look around the league, there's some guys who just don't find it until they're 27 or 28. And that's the case with Arshella and with Talkman. And in Urshela's case, he's just making the most of his opportunity. And with Andujar's defensive struggles and how the Yankees have several DHS on the roster, you look at or what they will have in 2020 and Carnacion's almost certainly not going to be back, but they'll have judge Stanton Sanchez needs to get DH at bats. They're not a big fan on Boyd's glove. I mean, there's only so many at bats that can go around at the DH. and yeah. I mean, Andrew in the playoffs was a defensive replacement every single game last year. They couldn't even start him in game four with CC on the mound. That's, one thing, I know it's CC's final season, but the Yankees could not start Andujar at third base because with a hitter at the plate, if they bunted down the third base line, I mean, guaranteed a hit with a lateral the lateral movement. The two of them, of, yeah. The two of them. So right now, with Urshela's emergence, I don't think, Andrew Hart is going to be a Yankee in 2020 and it pains me to say that
0: but completely it also, off the team not even in triple A to like get healthy. You think completely off the team in 2020 traded. Yeah, I, th- I think he's traded. That's all right. We're getting bold. I like it. But, but it, it's a legit possibility and it's it's crazy to to look at, you know, what what he's doing at a 330 hitter. It's unbelievable. He's, you know, he's got a, uh, an OPS of 9 over 940, almost 950. That's it, it, wild. Um one guy we don't have to worry about being anywhere for the next decade is Glaber Torres. He had a couple issues with a core issue, which is kind of vague, and I, I wonder, I don't know, it seemed like he was just constipated for a week or something, but now he's back, and thank God, for, for pray for Gary Thorne. Uh, another three home run day on Monday in the doubleheader, uh, one in the afternoon and two at night. The second time he's done that this year. So the Yankees have played two doubleheaders versus the Orioles, and Glaber Torres has six home runs in those games. Um, an absolute, it's not a shock that the Yankees lost two games that he didn't play. Glaber Torres is a, a staple in this lineup uh, and in the field, too. He took over for, for DD um earlier this year, and then even uh, this week got a game at shortstop, and he's been more than adequate at both these positions. Um, it, it is fun to watch Glaber. Um, have an opposite field in the afternoon, and then just two uh, two dingers in the evening too. Gleyber uh, Torres now with 26 home runs uh, on the year here, and easily approaching 30.
1: Yeah, and half of his home runs have come against the Orioles. He's hitting over 400 against the.
0: <laughs> 13 home runs, MLB record versus one team. 13 home runs in like nine games, <laughs> and four. T- excuse me, five
1: multi-home run games. Against the Orioles this season, (laughs) that is an MLB record for multi-home run games by a single player in against a certain team in MLB history. And you see Brandon Hyde after the game just talking about his pitchers that they were just throwing balls right down the middle of the plate, and that's kind of what it was. I mean. No offense to Glaber, but these Orioles pitchers are just guys that I have never, ever heard of before. It seems like they've used 50 pitchers this year. Um, But back to Glaber, just tearing the cover off the ball. And when a pitcher makes a mistake to him, I mean, it is in the left field bleachers in, in instant. So I love watching this kid play, whether it's at second base or shortstop. And he even got the Barry Bonds treatment tonight. He was walked to load the bases. Love it.
0: You had to do it, though. I mean, you, you had to do it. You, like, you can't let him go deep again. It was, you throw one pitch, it's over the wall.
1: <laughs> and well, after the game, that's when Brandon Hyde was approached about, um, of when he was approached, a reporter said, oh, Barry Bonds treatment for Glabar, and, He was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy's been killing us all season, and (laughs) we're trying to make pitches to him. But they're going right over the heart of the plate, and he's roping them out to left field, right field. And, I mean, this guy against the Orioles is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, we're mentioning he's breaking records right now
0: he's and one back of the record uh, Lou Gehrig hit 14 home runs versus the Indians in 1936 um so we're, we're hoping here that, that that Glaber can you know if they, well, they play the Orioles one more time he's probably gonna hit three more home runs so <laughs> <laughs> this is just
1: fascinating to watch and I, I said early in the season I and I'm gonna bring it up again when we're talking about the season being said and done, I said, we could be talking about clayber Torres being a top 10 player in baseball, at well, least 22 years old. He has 26 home runs. He leads the Yankees in home runs right now. I'm not counting Encarnacion. Because yeah, yeah. He hit 21 with Seattle. Torres leads the Yankees in home runs right now with 26. And when they traded for him three years ago, now he was never supposed to have this kind of power, but he sure does now.
0: The Yankees just win when he's in the lineup. I mean, yeah, the Yankees are are winning uh, a a ton. But uh Gleyber Torres has only been in one loss dating back to the the Boston series. Uh, you know, dating yeah, so since the end of July, Gleyber Torres has played in one loss. I mean, we're, we're approaching two full weeks here. So when he's in the lineup, the team the team just plays and, and he can hit all over the line all over the lineup too. Um with some of the injuries just hitting a little higher. But come playoff time, if we go back to like you said, everybody fully healthy, Claymore Torres is your nine hitter probably. Um, you know, maybe eight nine hitter depending on where they who they're playing out in the outfield and who's playing DH. Um, and that's just crazy to have this kind of guy. You know, you know, slugging you know over five thirty and, and hitting thirty home runs, being your number nine hitter. I don't care what the juice balls tell me. Uh, th- this guy can just flat out hit either way.
1: Yeah, he really can. And when he's in the all fields, he is. At his best, you saw him go out to right field on the matinee today, and he's only 22 years old, which is the craziest part about all of this. He had 24 home runs last year. He's already has 50 home runs in his major league career, and he's 22 years old. I mean, we're talking about a guy who maybe has 400 home run power when it's all set up. Today's age, usually. Yeah, especially with the. Balls being juiced, like you said. I'm not taking anything away from Labar, just like you said. But, I mean, we're talking about a 400 home run hitter probably. And I can't wait to see him in the middle of the Yankees infield for the next decade. And Orioles pitching, uh, they're not going to be good Pray for another – They're not going to be good for another several years. So, I mean, just like you said – pray for them because labor Torres is mashing and you go back just to get on the Orioles a little bit the Yankees <laughs> have won 14th grade against them the game claim the Yankees have in these games against them like the bullpen game today I mean they got two guys, they pitched two guys who they acquired in minor league deals over the weekend and
0: just like I, I have no idea who those guys are and I they're almost I'm, like, I'm not going to bother bull- learning their names.
1: <laughs> I mean Mantsibly Mantip- didn't pitch in the major leagues since 2016. I mean that's kind of just like bullying them and toying with them. So, like I mean them throwing out AAA arms against the Orioles because they know they're going to score 8 plus runs every single time.
0: The, the Yankees sent both those guys down immediately as the game ended tonight. Like They literally just called him up here to just like, ah, screw it. Just playing versus the Orioles so we don't waste any arms.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. They're just toying with them. It's, it's almost kind of messed up. And, I mean, the Orioles had their run in 2014. They went to the ALCS. They went to the wildcard game in 2016. And, obviously, Machado left that Chris Davis contract is holding them back. But the Yankees weren't able to take advantage of – playing against the Orioles last year but they sure have this season 15 and 2 against their rivals down I-95 south and I'm really sad we the Yankees only play them for another two games because I look forward to these games so much
0: it has been it has been fun um, moving on a little to the other side of things with the lineup everything's been great for the Yankees the home runs galore but shockingly, as we we mentioned, we keep mentioning the juice balls when talking about guys like our Shella, Talkman, and even Glaber. It is strange to see that Aaron Judge still only has twelve home runs. Granted, he's only played in sixty-four games, um, but he's batting a little two sixty-eight, a little lower than we probably would have liked, and and only twelve home runs, all of them to the opposite field or center field. People are starting to get a little pissy about uh, Aaron Judge here, um, and I tell them they. Need to cool the fuck down because the Yankees are, are cruising right now and have like a 10 game lead in the division but people are getting nervous about Judge what are you, what are you thinking there well a couple of
1: months ago Carlos Beltran came out and said that Judge was not going to be the same again this year and Judge even said the same thing himself so he looks I don't want to say slow out there but
0: he's still playing good D in the day I don't think he's slow in the field
1: yeah, it's just, I, I don't know what's going on with him. He's not pulling balls. Like we said last week, I mean, we both agreed we don't care how his home runs go out as long as they, you know, yeah. go out. He said home runs. But I'm not sure if he can pull the ball like that w- w- with that oblique. So I'm a little bit concerned here, I guess, because playing baseball at 6'7. Is not an easy task to do. I mean, just, you know, how much you have to work your body on a given swing. So it could just be a little slump. He went through this in 2017 and then started mashing in September. But I mean, the power numbers, I mean, even though he missed two months, I'd have guessed he'd have had 20 home runs by now, even with the injury. Um, So I'm a little bit concerned, I have to say. I think he needs a full day off. Because when Gardner got ejected on Saturday, he had to come into the game.
0: Yeah, um, tough spot. Yeah, I think he needs a full day off. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, he's he's had he got he got really hot right after the All Star break, and he was batting like 320, and everybody was like, "Oh, Aaron Judge is going to have a monster, monster half," and which is is a right assumption to make when you gets you come out swinging like that. Um, but then he's cooled down significantly. But even with this cool down here, he's still getting on base. Uh, of the time, uh, you know, his his on-base percentage is is 397. His career on-base percentage is 398, so he's right there in line. Um, His slugging and OPS is is definitely down from the past two years. His OPS is around 130, which is 20 points below last year, and then uh, 40 points behind his absurd 2017 season. So but even if we say that 2017 may have been an outlier and Judge isn't going to be hitting, you know, 50 home runs here, he is kind of... Still a little bit low on the the slugging and OPS uh, from 2016, and I the oblique has to have a factor in it. Look, an oblique injury is probably the worst injury you want as as a power guy like Judge. He kind of works, it gets that torque from his lower half, and and is able to just turn on the ball even with his size. But he knows, he understands it. Maybe if he does do that, it's going to lead to an injury and cost him the rest of the season. So I'm fine with that. As long as he's still hitting and getting on base uh, and they don't go over the wall, like we said here, in 20, 2019, me and you can hit home runs in baseball too. So if Judge is on base with a walk, and then uh, it's Shella or Didi or Void or anybody up and they just drive him in, that's still two runs. It's, I don't care if it's back-to-back home runs or a walk in a home run. Um, so... Yeah, maybe Beltran's right, and he it's, it's going to take a full off season for him to get that power back. But people are saying, you know, drop him in the lineup. A day off here is perfectly fine, but there's other people saying, you know, bench him for a week. Do we really want him, like, as a two-hole going into a playoff game? Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, yeah, Aaron Judge is going to work the count and work the walks. He's still going to be a great two-hitter. I mean, we had Derek Jeter as a two-hitter for, for decades here, and and it worked out okay. Yes, the power, we would love to have it more. We would love to have 40 home runs from Aaron Judge. But if, the, you know, if it requires that he only hits 15 home runs this year, but he's still healthy and on the field every day, I'm fine with that. Because like we said, still great defense, still making great plays out there, absolute cannon of an arm, making dive in plays. And if he becomes more of a singles hitter just for this year and, and you know while he works an injury, I'll, I'll survive. But stop saying that Aaron Judge is bad because that's just simply not the case.
1: Yeah, it's not the case, and he's still a huge threat when he's in the lineup. And like you said, he's getting on base over forty percent of the time since the All Star break. Forty percent of the
0: time, it's, it's like I don't understand. People were like being like, "Oh well, who?" That, that's not true. It's like, dude, it's like it's, it's a fact. Like, on base percentage equals the amount of times he gets on base. Like, it's
1: <laughs> it, it's mind boggling to me. And the oblique, like you said, you make a good point. Maybe he thinks if he turns on one of those balls, I mean, it's going to go. It's well. not worth it. It's not worth it at all. So him being in the lineup, and I think he's going to start hitting better relatively soon. Um, But I'm waiting on for that. I'm waiting for that to happen. But I think he needs a day off, maybe two. Just keep him out of the lineup. You know, rest up Um, because the Yankees are going to need a healthy, healthy, and productive Aaron Judge if they're thinking about title number twenty-eight this season.
0: They are, they are. And uh, I'm not worried about Judge. I'm still excited. I still think every time he gets up there, it could be a home run. Um, but on the other side of things, the guy's giving up the home runs. Great performance from uh, Masahiro Tanaka uh, on Sunday. one nothing. very quick game Sunday. Probably should have went for the shutout here, but, but Boone gave uh, Chapman uh, the ball. Even Chapman said he thought that uh, Tanaka should have gotten the, uh, the complete game uh, option there. But overall, great game uh, from Tanaka on Sunday. Steve,
1: we should have been watching a no-hitter going to the ninth inning. Do you agree?
0: Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch on Sunday. I was just keeping uh, on track via online. So give, give me the deets.
1: Well, Arshella bobbled the ball in third. It could have easily, easily been scored an error. But the Toronto scorekeeper wanted to give Bichette a hit. Oh, man.
0: So, yeah. You, you got to give the young kids a hit. You, and home, give, me the, give me the home cooking. I'm fine with that.
1: I, I was irked by it. And then, of course, there was a leadoff single in the ninth inning. But Tanaka is one of the guys on the staff who I really trust in the playoffs. I can't get out of my head those performances in 2017. Down 2-0, coming back to the Bronx against the Indians after Girardi failed a challenge seven scoreless innings and then tied 2 two against the Astros throwing a gem, seven scoreless innings again to put the Yankees up three, two has never failed to go less than five innings in a playoff game and has never given up more than three runs. So you're getting really good stuff every time he goes out there in the postseason. And I really trust him and he's, Like we said last week, he's working on that new splitter grip. Yep. The the opponent's batting average uh, against the splitter has gone up over 100 points this year because maybe that ball. I mean, he was saying at the All Star break that it's harder and, and that the seams are lowered, makes it harder to throw that splitter. But if we get Sunday Tanaka for the rest of the season. Every five days is going to be a must-see TV, and we've seen those stretches of Tanaka, and he's had rough stretches, too, like after the All-Star break for his first couple starts, just did not look good at all, and you go back to his stretch in 2017, meaning he had an ERA over six from opening day to June 23rd, so... Tanaka is going to be a vital part if the Yankees are bringing home title number 28. And what we saw Sunday was so good. He was keeping the ball low in the zone. He only had four strikeouts. But on those strikeouts, he was just hitting his spots whenever he wanted to. I mean, inside, outside. And the the big thing for him is keeping the ball low because when that splitter gets high or, or that fastball gets high, especially with the fastball, he doesn't have that velocity to blow it by hitters, so. When he's living low in the zone, that's when he's at his best, and that's what he was doing on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to bring up the strikeouts as well. Um, you know, he hasn't had um, more than five strikeouts in a game dating all the way back to June 17th, where he had that uh, complete game 10 strikeout gem versus, versus the Rays. Um, the other thing is that he hasn't really had his pitch count stretched out too much. Since that, that complete game in, in mid-June, he's only thrown over 100 pitches once. But um, yes, he's had those two debacles versus the Red Sox games there. But you know, past two games, staying around that 92 to 94 pitch count, um, which is fine because the Yanke- like I said, the Yankees don't technically need him to to o- overexert himself now. But thinking long term in the playoffs here, Tanaka's got another 20 pitches in him. You know, you know, 110, 115 playoff Tanaka um, is is what I'm expecting in the playoffs too. Given you know, depending on how he's doing in the game. Um, so lots of pitches, uh, I think, still to come here, and, and I'm, I'm pretty cool with sticking with under 100 pitches for now. But o- overall, these are, the, these are the games you need. I don't care if it's Toronto whatever. It was only a one nothing game. One mistake here, one Tanaka bomb. You know, for the past few years, we've kind of always been joking that Tanaka gives up one home run a game, just get out the way, and he'll be great, kind of like Paxton giving up the early runs and just get it out the way and call it a day. A Tanaka home run there, and, and the game's not over, and the Yankees could possibly lose that game. Um, so a one nothing game, I don't care that it was versus Toronto, uh, kind of gives us the intensity that I need to see from Tanaka in a, in a big game, in these playoff games that w- they we're used to. So he'll be good there. He kind of leads the team with 137 innings pitched. Um, and then Domingo Herman, 15 wins. Uh, he's not going to get to 20, probably because the Yankees hold him back. But Domingo Herman's 15-2 is pretty wild. But now he's, uh, he's getting up there on the pitch count.
1: Yeah, 15-2. Uh, we talk about it all the time. This guy's stuff is just, when it's on, I mean, some of the best in baseball. I'll go out and say that on a limb. I mean, that slider down and away to righties is so, so nasty. That inside and out pitch to lefties also is so, so cool to watch. But we're coming up on, and we talk about it every week, He's at 109 innings this year that's since he made his major league debut in 2017 um, from 2017 to 2018 he threw 100 innings right now this season alone he's only at 109 innings or he's at 109 innings yeah, so he's surpassed sick. the total of the last two seasons combined and I, I was listening in on the Yankees postgame show. Sweeney Murdy and Susan Waldman came on and did her spot last week when the Yankees were hosting Boston. Um, she said it's, he's going to start to get limited around 140, 150. So around this time, two years ago, the Yankees sent Jordan Montgomery down to Scranton. Um, are we looking at that with Hermon, No, you No, so
0: like, not in like a, a Scranton type thing. Um, like we did for Montgomery, uh, this is definitely would be more of a put him in an opener role, put him in two or three innings, or even just skip him uh, a spot in the rotation and use two openers. Uh, I, th- I think the Yankees would go that way instead of actually putting him in the minors. Um, there's just no need to do that at this point. Uh, I think when they did it kind of with with Montgomery is they they still needed the the roster spot um, to kind of battle it out um, for for innings here. But like you said, yeah, one on, 109. Yeah, he's got a, you know, Mob. he's got 209 innings. So he's, you know, he's he's getting up there. He's throwing a lot of innings. He's throwing good, though. But I think we're looking at seeing starting next start, four to five innings max where, you know, it's, it's funny because people now look at innings all the way but don't really look at pitch count. Like how many pitches has he thrown is probably a better number that we should be investigating. Um, you know, did he go five innings and throw 112 pitches or did he go seven innings and throw 80 pitches? Um, so it's kind of – I always found that funny that the innings count has always been the number one thing when it really should just be – you should be looking at pitches uh, over innings. Yeah, I
1: agree with you there because, I mean, I've had that argument going all the way back to Little League. Like how yeah. when I was playing a Little League, oh, it, it was the inning numbers. Well, some kids threw you know two innings at 19 pitches over the two innings and then some kids threw – 50 pitches over two innings. I mean, I think it would be good to think about that, it, think about it in that way. But I mean, not only the, the pitches, but I mean, when, when you take account of the innings, I mean, just the stress on the arm, the stress, mm-hmm. you know, mentally for a young kid like that, especially like he surpassed his innings total this year in the last two years combined. Um, I, and I think in the next, if not next start, the start after that, we're going to see, you know, four or five innings max out of Herman, and they're really going to be paying attention to him. But Aaron Boone said last week he's going to have a role for this team in the pennant race and in the postseason. Oh, easily.
0: He has to. Yeah, so Herman's scheduled to go Tuesday and Sunday. So we'll definitely get a sense maybe after those two innings uh, and then by the time next time we record uh, next week. You know, he could be looking at, you know, 125 innings pitched already, you know, depending on what he does uh, on Tuesday and Sunday. So it'll be something to keep an eye on for uh, Domingo Herman. Uh, Wednesday and next Tuesday is J.A. Happ, who I, I'm starting to give up on. I, I, I don't really want to spend too much time on it because it's not as fun as talking about the guys that are doing well. But Happ has, uh, Happ has zero chance, I think, even to make a postseason roster at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it would even be serviceable as a long reliever. Maybe no, if the Yankees be better options. Maybe if the Yankees are getting better or getting killed, or, or if they're up a lot of runs, maybe. But I mean, I've thrown in the towel on this guy. He, he was solid for so many years, and I, I'll defend Cashman's move to resign him just because no one could predict this. But he's been awful. Yeah, I'm fine. And, yeah. Unpitchable in the postseason and not worthy of a roster spot unless uh, the pitching like Sabathia, Severino, or Batantus um, don't come back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of depends on there. Yeah, for his sake, he's probably you know he wants the team to to get healthy. But uh, if the team gets healthy, it's going to be the end of Hap in 2019. But not the end of him overall. Like 2020, he's going to come back with a with a rotation spot most likely. And working there, and I don't think we really have to worry about him reaching uh, reaching his uh, his option for third year here. So it'll turn out to be a two year deal for Hap. Um, but but this has completely been a been a lost year for him. The the long balls he's been giving up left and right um, it have, have been just it's just not exciting to watch. Uh, I feel bad for him because he kind of looks sad in the bull in the sitting in the dugout after giving up all these runs sometimes. But uh, but he knows he's been accountable though. He's he's said it you know multiple times after the games. Uh, that he needs to get better. It just just hasn't happened for for J.A. Happ. We're going to move on to the home run tracker, Sam. Lots of home run talk already about what the team's done with Gio, Talkman and and what Glaber's doing. And you already mentioned that Glaber Torres has taken over the lead from Gary Sanchez. And welcome back, Gary. We didn't even get to that tonight. Gary Sanchez back from the IL. Uh, Kyle Higashioka hit a couple dingers while Gary was down. So did Austin Romine. But it's always good to have Gary back. He hit his 20 Fifth of the year over the weekend um, in his first game back. But Gleyber Torres takes over the lead with 26 home runs for the Yankees. Edwin Encarnacion still has more, but that's combined with the Mariners. So sorry, Mr. Parrott, you're not going to be counting for us. Um, but overall, as a team, we're now at 217 home runs. The, the balls have been flying out versus Baltimore. We're looking at three to four, five home runs a game here. So the numbers have really kind of crept up. The Yankees have gotten a lot closer. You know, they were 20, 30 home runs back from the Minnesota Twins. But right now the Twins are at 228 home runs to the Yankees, 217 home runs. This puts the Yankees and Twins pace. Sandies are absurd. The Yankees are on pace for 292 home runs. And the Twins are on pace for 313 home runs. Ball's not juice though. No, no. The Minnesota Twins are going to hit I mean, 315 fucking home runs. But uh, but Rob Menford going to keep his mouth shut on the ball. Uh, crazy home runs all around. Uh, it's pretty crazy, crazy to see that Seattle, they were right up there with the Twins and Yankees the most this year, have just flat out stopped hitting home runs. Um, we said it all along, once uh, August comes here and the weather heats up at Yankee Stadium, the balls are going to be flying. So expect a bunch more home runs. Like said, Two more games coming up versus the Orioles, and then a four-game series versus the Cleveland, which is going to be uh, a pretty big one. So make sure you're following the hashtag NYYHR tracker to count the count the dingers here and Gary Gio Shell put a charge into it I'm giving him the home run of the week there with 461 feet but Gary Sanchez still hit a 481 foot bomb um, earlier this year uh, anyone else you got there it could be easy just to give it to Glaber just because we're playing the Orioles
1: I'm going underrated I'm going last Wednesday Kyle Higashioka Yankees were facing an all-star in John Means he struggled since the break but he was down 0-2 in the count. The Yankees were uh, up 1-0, and he had two runners on base. And he took a hanging breaking ball and deposited it into center field at Camden Yards. And Cameron Maben had a tweet. He scored on the home run. He was like, I gave Piggy a huggy after this
0: one. <laughs> I he, Maben's, Maben's great on social.
1: Oh, he is. I, I threw him a follow a couple weeks ago. Uh, just – that was a home run that stuck out to me and er stood out to me, excuse me.
0: Um uh, yeah, well, he since, since O2
1: breaking ball to center field and uh as the Yankees third shrink catcher hit two home runs that night, which was I mean not many um that doesn't happen for many other MLB teams or third catcher going deep twice. Uh
0: so interesting why you mentioned the Higgy, uh something I kinda talked about a little bit on Twitter this week. Um Is this the end of Austin Romine as the backup catcher this season? We already talked about a couple of roster moves for, for 2020. Um, But Romine is going to be a free agent for a first time in his career. Uh, Sometimes puts up good numbers when Gary's hits the DL could possibly maybe fight for a starting job on other teams in baseball. I I wouldn't put him as my everyday catcher. Um, But has Higashioka showed enough to be the full-time backup moving forward? Uh, He's 29 years old. Plenty of service time left in him. He's kind of only played in uh, what's the guy? He's got played in forty games in his career, fifty games in his career. Um, but a decent amount. He's got thirty. Played in thirty games last year. He's got ten this year. Uh, are we thinking that maybe Kyle has taken over? Could take over in twenty twenty for a full time role there? Or do you think the Yankees might suck up and give Romine kind of the maybe two three million dollar deal um, when they could just have have Kyle for for super cheap?
1: I think they're going to roll with Higashioka for cheap. And I think, I think Roman's going to get more than two or 3 million. I think yeah. he could be looking at 7 million competing for, Ooh. for a team starting backstop. Um, you know, he's pretty good defensively and he's brings yeah, he it with deserves the bat. a shot. I'll give him that. Yeah. He deserves a shot. I think he gets more money than the Yankees are willing to give him. And the Yankees are going to have Kyle very, very cheap.
0: And the hitting hasn't been too far off. Um, Romine's played 50 games and he's produced a uh, 0.4 WAR. If you want to get super granular with uh, with the backup catcher WAR, where Higashioka's played in 10 games and produced a 0. 0.2 WAR, um, but both hitting around the 265 mark, both with decent pop. Uh, I know Kyle's hit some dingers back in his uh, his minor league days here, so I, I kind of agree with you that the Yankees' backup catching role will be uh, will be different next year. But just kind of a, a note that we. We never talk about the backup catcher, and we definitely don't talk about the Kyle Higashioka often here. But like you said, two big home runs here, and maybe puts his name on the map a little bit for a, a permanent role with the Yankees moving forward. Um, to wrap this week up, Sam, two more versus Baltimore, like I said, and then four versus Cleveland. Cleveland is right there. They came all the way back and are now right there with the Twins for the AL Central um, and that first wild-card spot. Yankees, Indians the past few years have always been, uh, been good battles. Um, what, what are you looking for in that four-game uh, series uh, in the Bronx?
1: Indians are really, really good right now. Best record in baseball over the last two months. And it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, earlier in the season, the Yankees went out to Cleveland. Uh, they were in a bit of a slump. Yankees lost two of three. Um, but this is going to be a really, really good series. Uh, unfortunately, Jay Happ is on the mound for one of them, so you can kind of chalk up a loss right there. Um Dude, uh, half joke and half serious. But, <laughs> you know the Indians' up. Oh no, they, they
0: don't have no Hap is uh, they're 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 extending Hap. they are gonna have a Friday Tanaka. I'm oh, no, sorry, Thursday Tanaka, Friday opener, then Paxton Herman. So uh, Hap's not gonna go again until Tuesday. So he'll he'll miss the four game series here. Oh, that's a
1: big plus. Uh The Yankees would be making a statement if they took three or four, especially with this Roster right now missing. Uh, Few of the guys judge maybe not very healthy, but they'd be making a statement. And this is a possible playoff preview. And I had somebody ask yeah. me today, like, "Who do you, who do you want the Yankees to play in the postseason?" All the teams in the AL are very, very good. If, if you asked me today, I'd hope the Tampa won the wild card game. They kind of, you know, sometimes shit the bed against the Yankees late in games. It always seems like, but. I mean, all these teams in the AL and in the playoff picture are very, very solid. So
0: it took me a little
1: bit to answer that question.
0: I think I would have to go. I hope that it'd be a a Twins-Athletics wildcard game just because the Yankees have beat both of those guys up pretty handily in the playoffs given their history. I know the teams are different, but until the A's or Twins can beat the Yankees in, in 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 a playoff game, I'm not worried about either one of those teams. So that would be my ultimate scenario. Oh, well, That's, of course, if the Yankees get the, the number one spot here because, like we said, the, the Houston's right there too. So they, they could kind of skip that and then go and Yankees could right away play the Indians and not have the wild card game winner. Like um, yeah, it's, it's interesting there. So these, these four games, uh, while the Yankees sit comfortably you know, nine and a half games up on Tampa, uh, these games versus Cleveland will, will impact the Yankees in some way, whether it be a wild card or the, the AL Central winner.
1: Yeah, it will, and I'm really looking forward to this weekend. It's been the first time, and, you know, you know, the Rays are a contender. You know, they played the Red Sox when they were getting hot, and, you know, don't let the Sox get hot.
0: <laughs> the, the, the Sox are freezing, so. Yeah, they're
1: they are <laughs> uh, Yeah, 17 and a half games out of the division right now, and I had some of my family members saying that they were coming for the division after that Fenway series. <laughs> yeah. So. Thanks. How's that looking right now? But this Indian series is the first series that I'm looking at uh, in quite some time that is, I'm really going to be paying attention to to how the Yankees are performing in depth. Uh, I watch most of the games anyway when I'm not out and about, especially since it's the summer, but the Astros came almost two months ago and that was a big four game series and the Yankees took three or four. So I hope we have that happen again.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there live at the stadium. Um, I haven't gone to as many games as I would have liked to have this year. So I'm pumped to get there. Um, and it's going to be Mike Clevenger versus Domingo Herman. Um, two guys that do have pretty good stuff, um, when they're both on. So that could be a good matchup, uh, for a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, no, you know they traded Bauer, so he's a reliever. I mean, a starter that the Yankees don't have to worry about. Uh, Shane Bieber has been awesome this year, but also the Yankees are missing him uh, in the rotation, which is a nice piece of luck. Um, and I expect Corey Kluber to come back at some point this year. Obviously, not in this series, but the, the pitching staff for the Indians are is good. And Francisco Lindor is one of the best players in baseball, so always a good matchup. Um, and I'm excited to actually see both these two teams play Sunday, but two versus the Orioles. We need two wins there, four versus Cleveland. I'm going to say we we split there, um, so we'll be uh, four and two uh, the rest of the way heading into uh, off-day Monday.
1: That sounds good to me. And The Indians really, you know, a bit of a resurgence. Uh, Not a resurgence this year, but they maybe have been proving some people wrong. You know, everybody was saying before the season, oh, the Twins could come to the division. The Indians uh, had their window closed, but it doesn't look like that. They reacquired Carlos Santana this all season. They sent Encarnacion to Seattle, and Carlos Santana has been an all-star and, you know, hit a walk-off home run tonight against the Red Sox. So he's been a huge, huge piece for them. Uh, they have Lindor. They just acquired Puig and Fran Del Reyes. Oh, I love oh, yeah.
0: Puig is so- when he's getting suspended. Oh, he's, got- he's serving a suspension now, so he'll play versus the Yankees. Uh, I am pumped to see Puig live. I have not seen him. It'll be my first Puig experience, and I, I love watching that fucking guy play. <laughs> do, do you see his red hair now? I mean,
1: it, it's literally. The color uh, everything of the he Indian does. Red jerseys. I, I love it. <laughs> it, it. It's great, but I'm looking forward to this weekend series. But first, get these last two against the Orioles. Keep, you know, pummeling their little league pitching.
0: Right before we go, uh, did, they, did you see. Uh, Uh, Paul O'Neill go into the booth to talk to Gary Thorne and give him like a little shoulder rub after Glaber's second home run in the the afternoon game. And Gary was just like shooting away. Paul O'Neill still my favorite Yankee uh, play-by-play analyst guy. Just, just a kid in the candy store when he's watching these games. The fact that he just got up in the middle of the game and went next door to kind of bash Gary Thorne was, was was amazing. Uh, A great moment, Uh, a typical Paul O'Neill moment for me.
1: Yeah, that, that was funny. And, uh, I I'm surprised Gary Thorne is that Klayber Torres has not caused him to, you know, have a heart attack. <laughs> he's playing
0: something. along good. He's, he's having a good time with it too, but, uh, yeah, and that was he even funny.
1: gave on, on his second one. He gave a nice, for, I, I will say Gary Thorne is one of my favorite play-by-play guys. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he gave an enthusiastic goodbye home run <laughs> yeah. for the Torres second one. So shout yeah, out was... to Gary Thorne. What a guy I'm, was a huge fan of him when he did the NHL games back in the day um, on the, you know, the ES EA sports on the video game. Um, I love Gary Thorne long live him.
0: (laughs) Yes. And and thank you for the, to the Orioles here, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of podcast and in pinstripes. Thanks for listening along football season's right around the corner. uh, So be sure to check out Gotham sn.com for baseball football. Uh, There's a new gambling podcast out there. Um, Be sure to follow some of the daily gambling picks where you can watch me and Sam lose all of our money. Um, But get the podcast there. Hedging is for gardeners. Uh, If you're a gambler, you know exactly what that relates to. And it's great, great stuff from Blakey Locks. Uh, So be be sure to give that a listen as the NFL season approaches here. Sam, always a pleasure here. And uh, in Gary Thorne tradition, goodbye. Home run. (laughs) See you later, bud.